Hi, everybody. You know, there's a, a myth out there that if you're going to eat in a healthy way, it's got to be expensive. Um, and, you know, that can really be daunting for folks who think, well, um, I just don't have the money to provide healthful foods for myself or my family. But today we're going to be talking with PCRM dietitian Lee Crosby, and she is going to show you how you can really eat in the healthiest possible way for actually the least amount of money. The truth is you do not have to pay big bucks to follow a plant-based diet. You'll learn how to keep your grocery bill down, keep your health up. And we're going to also touch on one other thing, and that's the SNAP program, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, used to be called Food Stamps, and how that program, unfortunately, has been sort of hijacked and is now really promoting unhealthy foods to people who really need help with good foods. So we'll tell you how you can be on a great plant-based diet if you're on SNAP, and for everybody, how to follow a healthy diet and get your budget down. Here is weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. You're listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, here with you as always. And the social media plug, as always, hop on Facebook and give the Physicians Committee a like. Also on the Twitters at PCRM. Vegan on a budget. That is the topic du jour. Is it possible to be plant-based and save a whole lot of money? Yeah, it's a big myth. A lot of people say no, but my guest today says yes, yes. Yes, an emphatic yes. All caps, three exclamation points, Lots as a matter of, of fact. We welcome to the show Lee Crosby, registered dietitian, nutrition expert. She works upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. Welcome back to the program. Delighted to be here. You have your own blog called Veggie Quest. I do. And when I popped on there and I was looking for money-saving tips, I was like, man, I have just found Mecca for money-saving. It is. It's an aspiration of mine to save money. I don't always do it, but it's it's almost it's fun. Yeah. It's like a little it's like a challenge. Yeah. You have a lot of neat little uh, tips and tricks that we're going to share here. But undoubtedly, you are very familiar with the whole idea that you can't be vegan without breaking the bank. Oh, it's such a misconception. I really don't understand why people think that's the case. Honestly, when I – so we're going to talk about this a little later, but I did a challenge where I was eating on $3.80 a day, mm-hmm. and I was never hungry. Mm-hmm. There were times I got a little bored, but never hungry. We'll talk about We'll talk about it. We'll talk. <laughs> um, the thing that I know about being vegan on a budget, uh, or at least being vegan in general – I've never done the $3 or $4 challenge uh, – is that if you – pay for you pay for convenience the prepared Always. foods you are paying a serious premium yep. on that and that's regardless of whether or not you're on a vegan diet or a regular diet correct uh the vegan diet just happens to charge a little bit more for this maybe because it's niche i really don't know but to me it just seems the obvious answer is you can save a lot of money by spending a little bit more time in the kitchen. Absolutely. Yeah. And the only place where I would say it might be worth spending on some of the prepared foods is it's just still if you're cooking for yourself, but if you're going to buy vegetables that are whole and then you shove them at the back of your fridge mm-hmm. and they start growing fuzzy green mold, you didn't save money. Whereas if you'd bought, say, like the pre-washed, chopped, ready-to-go stuff and you actually use it, that's a great time to spend because at the end of the day, it costs a little more up front, but if you actually eat it, you save money. Yeah, well, don't don't sleep on the mold now. Louis Pasteur <laughs> did great <laughs> things with mold. No, please don't eat your moldy vegetables. Uh, no. That's no. not natural penicillin? Uh <laughs> I, I, for once, I'm speechless. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> nothing. Uh, so, like, 
around here, if you live in a major metropolitan area, D.C., like we are, New York, L.A., whatever, they have right. delivery services for plant-based foods. And I was poking around locally, and the cheapest I found was $200 per week. Now, oh. mind you, that only covered five days. Um, you got your three daily meals plus nothing else. The yeah. snacks even cost more. So that's 200 But then on the upper end of things, I found another delivery service, $60 per day. Is that per person? Per person. Oh, 60 wow. bucks per day. No, now, thank you. That was three meals, but you did get snacks in that. Wow. Wow. They're practically giving it away. Yeah, I know. What a bargain. <laughs> Jeez. So, you know, that's kind of where I think that the misconception comes in. Um, the other thing is... You go plant-based, you go vegan. A lot of people think that means that you need to go to some fancy pants, high-end grocery store. Not the case. No, it's actually, in terms of affordability, it's clearly a lot better to go to a place like Giant or Safeway or Shoppers or even some of the discount stores. Things like Aldi and Trader Joe's have amazing vegan options, Mm -hmm. even convenient ones. So Aldi has a really great vegan veggie burger. It's low in added oil. It tastes amazing. And it's at Aldi. Who knew? I got to go check yeah, that out. Yeah, it's they, really good. They I just opened one by my house, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, they, I will say Aldi did not pay me any money to say this, but they really do have incredible prices. There you go. Yeah. Cheap plug for yep. free. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. One of the blogs that you did that caught my eye was I, I love the lists 10 amazingly cheap <laughs> I love lists vegan superfoods. Right. And what you have on here is just unreal to me. Like, you came up with 10 that are like, okay, well, these are staples. And we're not talking about dollars per serving. We're talking about cents. Right. So we're talking about beans. Now, these prices are from 2017, but this was, and they're from Aldi, but the dried beans, six cents a serving. Six cents. That's insane. Can mm. you buy anything for six cents anymore? You can find six cents on the sidewalk. Right. So that's a biggie. That was my number one. Do I get to go through the whole list? By, I mean, there are 10 here. Yes. I think that you should. Oh, I love, be, I love be lists. Yeah. You guys know I love lists. Okay. So next one, oatmeal, eight cents a serving. And that's for half a cup raw. Once you cook it up, it's more like a cup and it's some change. Eight cents a serving helps you lower your cholesterol. I'm assuming that you're buying the larger containers. Oh, yeah. You're buying the big tub and then you're, you know doling it out for right. every breakfast. Right. Eight cents a serving. That's pretty good. Yeah. Peanut butter, 11 cents a serving. That's a dime and a penny for two tablespoons. And it's a great source of vitamin E, which is good for brain health. Flaxseed, 12 cents a serving. Really rich anti-inflammatory omega-3s. But you don't have to be rich to buy it. See what I did there? <laughs> All right. Cabbage, 13 cents a serving. That's a cancer fighter. And carrots, two medium carrots for 14 cents. So those are high in carotenoids, which may help lower the risk of breast cancer. Bananas, 16 cents for a banana. That is next to nothing. They are rich in vitamin B6. That helps your body make feel-good serotonin. Can I keep going? Oh, by all means. All right. We got three more. Sweet potatoes, 21 cents each. Those have immune-boosting vitamin A. So and lots of fiber. Frozen spinach, thirty cents a serving, wow. and then apples, thirty-one cents each. And I don't even think that was in season. I, uh, you know, the bananas always strike me as I can go in and I can get like four organic, organic now oh, yeah. bananas yep. for less than a dollar. Yeah, it's one of those foods that I don't know why people don't just eat them all the time. It's great. Yeah, I, I love me some bananas and almonds. Excellent. Ooh, that's a great snack. Oh, it is a delicious combo. Yeah. Let me tell you what, I already had one of those today. Nice. And let me tell you, my mouth said thank you. <laughs> I'm sure it did. It, it, it hopped out of my face, looked me in the eye, <laughs> said thank you. Jumped right back. Nice. Amazing. <laughs> Felt that good? Um. So you were just talking about how you 
you were able to eat for a full day on three dollars and some odd cents. The the blog that I came across for you was four fifteen, but uh, well, that was way, my target, but I beat it. Did you now? That's the thing. Yeah, when at the end of I did it for a full week. Mm-hmm. Now it was for an assignment as part of my nutrition training. They made me do it for a whole week. Right. I was targeting four dollars and fifteen cents a day. That was at the time the average SNAP benefit per person. So SNAP is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It is the government program for people who need a little extra money to make ends meet and get enough food. Right. So it was basically an exercise in seeing if we could live on that budget, and we got $4.15 a day. And by eating vegan, I was actually able to get under that budget at $3.80 a day, never hungry. That's Impressive. Yeah, and my colleagues who were not eating vegan, they were talking about how they were getting headaches, they weren't getting enough food, and I was like, well, you guys should just eat vegan. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to talk more about uh, SNAP here a little bit later in the show. We're going to have Susan Levin come on. Uh, she's done a lot of work. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, that. she's amazing. It, yep. it is. I mean, there's something called America's Harvest Box that we've been trying to push forward. I mean, really kind of cool stuff. So we'll dive into that in a little while, but when you're talking about Four dollars or three dollars and eighty some odd cents here a day. I was looking at the menu, and you're not going to go hungry here. Oh no! Oh no! I, there were times when it wasn't the most exciting food in the world, but right. it was tasty and it was filling. No, gosh, no. Um, so, so let's look at this. Let's kind of go down the sample menu. Yeah, here. let's do it. Uh, for breakfast, what was uh, your typical meal there? Okay, so this is just this is just a sample day. Mm-hmm. So this was banana bread oatmeal with fresh apple slices. To me, that sounds like a little piece of heaven, and it was. You cook the banana right into the oatmeal. You put in some flaxseed. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like something you could even get at, like, Starbucks with your oh, coffee yeah. in the morning. Oh, yeah, but you'd pay ten times as much. Oh, of course. Literally. But you paid? <laughs> oh, 73 cents. Uh-huh. Right? Less than three quarters. Again, like, what can you get for a dollar? Nothing. This is not. This beats the 99-cent menu. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is a fine point, young lady. And it is healthier by far. All right. Lunchtime. What you got? Okay. We had veggie chili with brown rice and a garden salad with balsamic vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quite mm-hmm. tasty. And and these are not, again, we're not talking small amounts. We're talking big portions. So fill you right up. Yep. And you spent? Uh, gosh, how much was that? A dollar and 43 cents. So you get a, an entree there with two sides, the, the rice and the garden salad. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then- here we go. Okay. Snacky poo. Snacky poo. I the love, best part of the day. I love me some snacks. So this one takes a hint from Cracker Jacks, and it's peanuts and popcorn. Both of these incredibly inexpensive. Both of them delicious. So it's just it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was such a nice little you know break in the day. Big big fan. Yeah. Uh, and then for dinner, I mean, look at this dinner. This oh, is incredible. This dinner was so good. This is a dinner I make even now just because it's good. Right. So I came up with a veggie burger recipe, super easy to make. And then this is a fun little kind of budget cooking hack is that you can make waffle fries at home that are healthy by just taking leftover cooked potatoes and putting them in your waffle iron for two or three minutes. You just smash them in there. You got to be careful, and you don't always want to lock it all the way down. There are directions on the blog for doing this, but it makes waffle these giant waffle fries. They're so good. That's crazy. It's so good. You have to use smaller potatoes. Check uh. out the blog because that's where you're going to find the directions. I don't want people breaking their waffle iron and then coming back to me and being like, that Lee, she told me I can make waffle fries. Follow the directions on the blog. I guess you can make regular fries if you don't have a waffle iron. Maybe use a foreman grill. Maybe. Just- Maybe. 
I don't know. The waffle iron. It's just that's it an interesting really hack. Well. It was so good. Yeah. That is a really interesting hack. A little sprinkle hack. of salt, dip it in some ketchup. So great. Okay. So that's the fun one. So I got to have waffle fries, but they were healthy because you don't have to boil them in oil mm-hmm. to make that happen. And then we had confetti slaw on the side, which is sort of a carrot and raisin salad, but you throw in some purple cabbage and green cabbage. Really colorful, really delicious. So that was an amazing dinner, That's I have awesome. to say. And the cost was a dollar and six cents. Good luck finding that Yay! for a bucko six anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. Super tasty. A bit here, but wait. But wait. There's more. There is more. What's dinner without dessert? That's right. Mm, so I have a little minor obsession with hot chocolate. Even in the summer, every day I'm going to have some, but I make it with almond milk. Mm-hmm. And you can do all kinds of mix-ins with hot chocolate. So in the fall, I like to do a pumpkin hot chocolate. But this was, I think, early spring. So I was like, let's try something different. And all I have to do is blend in half a banana. So good. It's right. like a chocolate-covered banana. But it takes a while to drink because it's a you know it's a hot drink, so you get to sip on it. So tasty, great dessert. Yeah, I remember when you and I first started talking, and I told you about my wife's obsession with chocolate, and she was looking for a hot chocolate recipe. <laughs> she, nice. She literally just I respect. She did the pound I my do. own chest respect. I understand. Um, she just a chocoholic, and so it was it was I guess fall, and she was looking for a good hot chocolate recipe. You're like here too. Yeah. And they were cheap to make, they were easy to make, oh, yeah. and they were delicious. Yeah, and they were like, one of them's 42 calories, and the other is like 60-some calories. Yep. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, man, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's every day, good. that's my that's my afternoon snack. All right, so we've talked about uh, how you saved, uh, or the amount that you've saved. Now let's talk about ways that other people can save. Can we actually listening. circle back for one second? Oh, let's, let's I, circle. I did have a nutrition analysis, not from this day, but from one of the days that I did on my challenge. And I can't remember exactly what I had. It's on the blog. But I ended up getting, in terms of having enough to eat, 2,009 calories, 59 grams of fiber, more than 70 grams of protein, under 1,000 milligrams of sodium, and then 769% of the daily value of vitamin A, 300% for C, vitamin C, 130% for calcium, and 177% of iron. Yeah. So, and that was on that $3.80 average budget. Bravo. So I just wanted to make that point that also it's nutritious. You would as the nutritious. <laughs> I uh, had to. The nutrition do some calculation <laughs> like that. I love it. That's why I bring you on the show. It's like it's my job it's, or something. It's the extras. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could not resist. For it. Nah, you're funny funny gal uh ways to save money on vegetables so if you're hearing this and like by god she's saving all this money right they're going to the store let's start with what is it that you should invest a little bit more in because there are some things that you're it's worth it to pay that little bit of a premium correct yeah so first there's a lot of talk about organics because they tend to cost a little bit more But in some cases, there are some advantages to getting them. So they do lower, on average, your pesticide intake if you buy organic produce. Mm -hmm. That said, if you can't afford organics, still buy the produce. Conventional produce, still incredibly healthy. Any minute risks from the pesticide are far outweighed from the health benefits of buying the produce. So when in doubt, go ahead, buy conventional. If you have a little extra money, but you don't want to, say, spend your entire budget at the grocery store, then a good tip is to focus on buying particular kinds of fruits and vegetables organic, particularly the ones that tend to be a little bit higher in pesticide levels. Well, let's talk about those. The dirty dozen. The dirty dozen. So those are the 
Um, that's a list, actually, that's put together by the Environmental Working Group. They're a nonprofit, and what they do is they look at the number of pesticides and the amount of pesticide that's found on a number. I forget the exact number of different fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. that they check. <clears throat> and what they have put together is the top 12 or the dirty dozen that are most contaminated. So for 2018, because I love lists, I'm going to read go. you the list. Of course you Their do. 2018 list, strawberries, spinach, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes, celery, potatoes, sweet bell peppers, a bonus for hot peppers because they have some more toxic pesticides, and there will be a quiz on this at hmm. the end of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, just kidding. No. Okay. So, I mean, these, these are all pretty staples. Um, so if you have the extra cash... Buy those organic. Invest in that. If you don't, still go ahead and buy them. Yeah, I've heard uh, for a long time that apples and, and peppers in particular mm-hmm. were, were really bad. Strawberries jumping to the top of the list, that surprised me. They've actually always been on the list. They're one of the ones I really do try to get organic. Occasionally, if they're on super sale and they're conventional, I'll just go ahead and mm. you know, grab them anyways sure. because strawberries. Right. But I usually do try to buy those organic. Uh, curveball, do you have any tips for scrubbing? Do you use vegetable wash or anything like that? Wash thoroughly under you know, running water and dry. No, there's not been a lot of data to show that the vegetable washes do very much. But again, I, I full disclosure, I haven't really looked into it that much. But gotcha. A good, the general advice is a good wash and dry them off and you're good to go. So that's what you want to invest in. But right. now let's talk about saving some coin. All right. This is the fun part. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Tip number one is to buy frozen. I know we're coming into spring, so that's not as exciting, but particularly for any of those fall vegetables, it's great. But also just in general, because when they're freezing vegetables, they're picking them when they're at perfect ripeness. They don't have to pick them a little bit green because they don't have to withstand long transport. Then they freeze them, usually within the same 24-hour period, but very shortly after picking them. So you're getting top like quality produce, and you're getting them oftentimes for even half the price that you would fresh and all the nutrients are still there the vast majority of them survive the freezing process so buying frozen can save you big time uh frozen spinach 33 cents an ounce yeah so frozen baby um sorry fresh organic baby spinach Ah. is only 33 cents an ounce so go ahead and buy that spinach but if you want to buy the organic and it's it's still like a baby it's like a whole leaf baby spinach Mm -hmm. 19 cents an ounce now that's good for cooking i'm going to be honest with you i would not use frozen spinach in a salad no that's a really good point you would probably want to like saute it with some garlic but if you're going to have soup you can throw it into some soup at the end i mean it's really versatile but, yeah, it's not the same culinary experience as fresh produce. Right. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, season's changing <laughs> here, getting into uh, summertime. One of my favorites, buying in season. You hear about this. Love oh. me some corn. Oh, and it's so cheap in season. Yeah. I mean, you can get it down 33 cents mm-hmm. quarter mm-hmm. for an ear of corn. Yeah. Yeah. What about bulk buying? I know that that's a thing, too. Oh, yeah. I can do some damage at Costco in the produce aisles. You have to be careful because sometimes the deals aren't that great. And, again, it's not a deal if you don't eat all the stuff you buy. But you can save some serious dollars if you want to buy in bulk. So if you have a Costco or a Sam's Club membership, by all means, make use of it. Give me some examples of things that you do buy in bulk. Um, I buy berries. So Mm -hmm. I will do uh, raspberries. It's like I haven't priced it out at Costco recently, but I want to say it's sometimes even less than half the price that it would be because you get a giant container 
oftentimes for the same price or just a little more as a very tiny container mm-hmm. in a regular grocery store. You freeze them if you buy in bulk? Uh, I just eat them. Uh-huh. They're usually gone within about 24 hours between me and my husband. Okay. So, you know, we can kill some raspberries. There you go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I know my in-laws, they, they will buy a big batch of strawberries and they'll freeze them because they, they use those in a lot of different oh, yeah. things, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's funny. We'll make the trip down there and, you know, there's my father-in-law sitting at the table with like this gigantic bushel of strawberries oh. and he's been cutting them. I was like, man, he's putting in the work today. Now, if that's from like a farmer's market and you can buy them in bulk and get a good deal and freeze them, you bet. We mm-hmm. will absolutely do that. Yeah. Uh, what about the, you were earlier talking about uh, the fuzzy stuff that grows on your food, but they're, they're, are we circling back to that? We are because we're moving <laughs> forward at the same time. It's a reset and move forward. Uh, storing your foods, like if, if you store it properly, you're going to get more legs out of it. No, that is absolutely true. So there's a gentleman, Tim Jones, he's a PhD, and he had done some research showing that Americans throw out about 14% of all the food that comes into their homes. Mm. So that's a lot of food that's just never, you know, that you may as well just take that money and throw it right in the trash. Yeah. Now, it happens to all of us. I am one of the worst for finding the thing in the back of the fridge. I mean, like, oh, <laughs> oops. Um, but for veggies, actually, this is even sadder, probably because they're so perishable. About one quarter of the vegetables that come into American homes never make it. Right. They don't make it to someone's plate. So that's kind of sad. So ways to get around that, storing veggies in the fridge, storing the veggies like um, zucchini and cucumbers and bell peppers in that little crisper drawer mm-hmm. and lettuce if you have space that actually does help regulate humidity and keep them crisp and then storing things like potatoes and onions in a cool dark place can very much extend their shelf life not necessarily in the refrigerator but don't keep them in direct no sunlight. yeah actually not you don't want to store those two in the refrigerator you want to store them if you have a dry cupboard somewhere that's out of light do that and there are a couple of reasons for that Potatoes actually start to develop a little bit of a toxin called solanine under their skin when they're exposed to light. So you put them somewhere dark and you don't have that problem. Um, You know what my wife got me recently? And this has just made all the difference in the world. It's this storage container made specifically for leafy greens. I use it for spinach. And what it is, it's kind of like this plastic basket. But then inside it has a second basket that kind of sits. It doesn't sit flush on that first basket. So you have like about a quarter inch buffer from the sides and the bottom. And because the moisture typically will pool on that outside of the container, like just inside, because that's not touching the produce any longer, it keeps it fresh. That's ingenious. I might need to go acquire one of these. um, I'm telling you, like we have really, I feel like, gotten our, our money's worth out of this. Like it was a good return on investment because- the food keeps longer. We're buying less of it. Yeah. We're not throwing it out. Um, and it, it just, it works like a champ. Now, is this for like head lettuce? Uh, no, you would have to chop it up. Like okay. we, we use it for uh, uh, baby spinach. We got another huh. one that we use for kale. So, you know, these are things, the kale, you get it in a bushel and then, or a bunch and you wash it and you let right. that dry a little bit because you don't want to put it in there wet. You're yeah. You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. But then, you know, it just, it keeps so well. But huh. if, you, if you took that head of lettuce and you kind of, you know, pulled it yeah, and got it. it, you know, salad ready. Yeah, absolutely. That would keep. That's fantastic. Oh, it Really is good best. to know for the big, like the, the greens, like the kale mm-hmm. and the collards. And if you want to mm-hmm. wash them and prep them and then mm-hmm. they actually keep. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm not kidding you when I say like it extends their shelf life by five days. Wow. I'm not even joking. Because wow. think about this, right? And what is this called? I mean, we're not 
Uh, All right, a, we're not technically a, plugging. A produce saver? like Produce saver? Yeah, All right. She got it, at, I think, uh, again, not being paid for this, like at a Bed Bath & Beyond huh. or something like that. It was like $10. Right. And we, I'm telling you, we've already gotten our money back. Oh, yeah. That, that uh, kind of thing pays for itself. Abso- absolutely. Fantastic. Love that thing. Right. Um, oh, wait. And one more thing, though. It's along those lines. I don't know if anyone's ever had the celery problem where you get the bunch of celery and you forget about it and it gets shoved to the back of the crisper drawer. And when you take it out, it's not crisp anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. You can just cut the bottom off, put it in a jar or a glass of clean water and put it back in the fridge or even on the countertop. If you don't have space, it'll perk up within about would say six hours you'll have super crisp celery again what yep you can bring celery back you can to bring life? it back to life wow i mean not if it's completely like dissolving but if it's just limp you absolutely bring look, it back look at Crunchy. you dr frankenstein yep. with the produce that's incredible uh how important is it to meal plan um if you want to save money very much so truly it's it's tricky to to do it without having at least some idea of a couple of meals you're going to have during the week. Mm. So, yeah, meal planning is one of those things that when we do it, we save money. When we don't, we end up ordering in veggie sushi or kind of scrambling and having kind of unsatisfying meals. So meal planning, two thumbs up. Absolutely. So basically, I like the idea because then when you go to the store, you know exactly what you're going to get. You're not going to be tempted by everything else. You're in, you're out. It's just efficiency right there. So much easier to resist Mm -hmm. the upsells when you know what you need and you know you're going to have a great week of food because of it. Yeah. All all right. And then uh, inevitably when your produce is about to make that turn for the worse. That's right. You can't rescue everything the way you can rescue celery. So a great thing to do is just wash it up, chop it into chunks, stick it in a bag in your freezer. When that bag gets full, you make veggie broth. So great. You don't have to buy the stuff in the canisters. Perfect. Yep. Another money-saving tip there. Sure is. You were just full of them. So here's what we're going to do. All right. Uh, you and I now, we're going to make our trek downstairs to the grocery store that's in our building. How convenient is that? It is so convenient. Uh, and we're we're going to implement uh, these ways to save the tips. And uh, I want you to show me firsthand. All right. That, uh, that we can save. All right, Lisa, just upstairs now on the Exam Room Podcast, you talked about all of these tips on how to save money. The right. show, of course, being vegan on a budget. And then, of course, the challenge is, well, how do we implement that? So we just so happen to be lucky enough to have a grocery store that is two floors down called Rodman's right here in beautiful northwest D.C. That plays dramatic music. It does. It does indeed <laughs> play dramatic music. I don't know if this is Vivaldi, Tchaikovsky, I don't know. But the bottom line is this. We're going to do some shopping. We we're going to shop for a week for a couple, That's I do right. believe, two yep. people. And uh, we're going to see how well we do implementing those tips. Yeah. So this is actually a great place to start because we're in the bean aisle. Right. So plant-based diet. Again, we know beans are loaded with soluble fiber, fiber, protein, all kinds of great stuff. So we're going to go ahead and grab a can of chickpeas. So dollar, $1.19, right a staple on salads, bean salads, it goes in anything. Big fan of chickpeas. I can't have a salad now without them. I know. They start to become a thing. They make a really good two-no salad, too. Mm. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, so now on to the dried beans. So these are another staple. They're unbelievably inexpensive when you look at them on a per-serving basis. So here, I think the ones that are our best price are going to be the small red beans and the split peas. So you can make a great split pea stew with these. Delicious. All right, and I believe each of those is coming in around a dollar nineteen and a dollar fifty-nine for a pound bag. So now we've got our dry beans, we've got our canned beans. We do. Oh, but wait, we almost walked past the canned tomatoes, which are a really affordable source of great nutrients like lycopene and vitamin A. So we're going to go ahead and grab a can. I think crushed tomatoes will work. We'll do a little chili with those red beans. What do you think? 
I like it. Now, you All know right. what I like about the tomato? Just saying. That's 219. The lycopene. servings. Also yes. very good for the brain. It makes you happy. Doesn't See? it help produce uh, serotonin? Is, is I mean, for me it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next up, the pasta aisle. This is one of the great things about eating plant-based. You get to have pasta back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, music. All right, so we are going to go ahead and grab a bag of the spaghetti. So we're going to keep on going. Okay. Do you find that the bag spaghetti is less expensive than in a box is that yep, just a okay sure do. so that's a good tip right there yeah so grab a bag of spaghetti because here we're looking at a dollar 49 in a bag and that's going to be four servings now we're entering snack territory because what's a day without a snack right now this is kind of a dangerous aisle though because it if is. you shop when you're hungry yeah there no. goes your budget yeah blinders on for this aisle popcorn good call whole grain Relatively inexpensive, delicious. You can air pop it in an air popper. You can do it in a microwave in a paper lunch bag. All right. The frozen food aisle. Well, this no. is a good one. So, Chuck, why don't you grab us a bag of that nice chopped spinach right there? So, chopped six spinach. servings in that bag right there for $2.59. How many meals do you find, well, six servings? Does that mean for two people that's just three meals worth of spinach? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, as you guys know, if you've ever, like, sautéed spinach, it starts out gigantic and cooks down to nothing. So this has already basically been partly down to nothing. So you're going to get a lot more out of that than you would out of a giant tub. Cool. So usually one of those bags, give or take, is about a giant tub. What would you typically do with the uh, frozen spinach? What's your go-to? So I like to do something I call pizza spinach, which is basically to cook up the spinach with some garlic and then cover it in pizza sauce. It tastes really good. That actually does sound it's pretty really good. It's really tasty. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you can also stir it into soups and that kind of thing. Okay. I want a pizza spinach. <laughs> Who knew? You bet. You learned so much in this job. We're going to stop off and get some really whole, whole grain bread here. So you can always turn it over. It's 100% whole wheat. That's what you're looking for when you want to buy a loaf of bread. Since these are the big slices, there are 16 servings in here, and this is clocking in at $2.99. So that's a pretty good deal. All right, so now we're going to hit some of those really inexpensive plant-based staples that we talked about. Produce aisle is a great place for everyone to spend most of their shopping time. So number one is going to be bananas. We're gonna go for about six of these. Let's see, potatoes. We're gonna get a five pound bag of potatoes and then grab a pound of sweet potatoes. And the price per pound on those are? 89 cents. That's a bargain. Okay, now this is another great place to check out one of the tips we talked about, and that's unit pricing. So these cantaloupes are $1.99 each, but they can be drastically different sizes. You can so, obviously see the difference, yeah. but let's let's weigh those and sure, check it out. Sure, let's and see what happens. Okay. So cantaloupe number one. What are we looking at? Mm, a little under three pounds, two and a half pounds. Yeah. And then cantaloupe number two. Wow. So we're looking at four and a quarter. So I think we'll take this one. Absolutely. <laughs> Next up, we are going to get some red leaf lettuce and some cabbage. Now the cabbage is on a per pound basis, so we can't use that same trick. We're actually going to grab a smaller head, but you can see how inexpensive it is, 79 cents per head of cabbage, and there are a lot of servings. I don't know when you've ever cut up a cabbage, all of a sudden it's like you have this giant pile and you're done. We Red have lettuce. lettuce. Yeah. All right, so we are going to grab two heads of that, with These a serving being about a quarter of a head. Carrots, 89 cents for a one-pound bag. We are getting five of these because for lunch, so great. Now you're grabbing five of those for am, 89 cents each? That is correct. There's go ahead a five-pound bag for $4. What? We got bananas, we got cabbage, we got carrots, we got potatoes and sweet potatoes. I think we might actually be done in cantaloupe. We're done in the produce aisle. We're gonna stop at the oatmeal section. So really high in fiber, 13 
No, 30 servings in here. So nice. you're getting an awful lot for, what is this, $3.49. So that's a lot of oatmeal. That will last a while for sure. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we're just shopping for a week, so you're going to have leftover unless you have a really big appetite. No doubt. All right, onwards. We have one more stop, and that is the critical peanut butter stop. Kind of like in the uh, Skippy Natural. And that means we're probably going to have, yep, roasted peanuts, sugar, a little bit of palm oil and salt, but mostly just nuts. But you can find peanut butter that is literally just peanuts, right? You can. You may pay a little bit more for it. So have we completed our I think shopping? we've completed. This is pretty Look pretty nice little haul for a week, but we're going to go see that is how, a much full it, how much it right costs. There. When you were planning this out, did you have meals in mind for all of this? I kind of did. Yeah. I do a lot of this, honestly, where some meal, some weeks I do real meal planning, but I do a lot of winging it. The total here, $40.64. $40.64. That is really for remarkable. For an awful lot of food and really great nutrition. For two people for a full week. That's right. Let's Can't hear it for Robin's. Yeah. Look at that. Robin, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're continuing to listen to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Today's topic, being vegan on a budget. It does not mean that you need to break the bank. As we just learned from Lee Crosby downstairs at the grocery store, she had some tremendous tips there. But there's another aspect to being vegan on a budget. You know, she mentioned doing the SNAP challenge. And I wanted to dive deeper into that because that's that's a big part of our initiatives here at the Physicians Committee is to make the SNAP program, the foods that are available, more healthy for those consumers. And somebody who knows an awful lot about that is registered dietitian Susan Levin from the Barnard Medical Center. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. Well, I Let's just dive right in here, Susan. So wh- what is the problem here with SNAP? Is it just people are choosing to buy these unhealthy foods or is it that the healthier foods, the produce and such, is not covered by the SNAP program? Well, it's covered. Healthier foods are definitely an option. Pretty much any product that is meant for human consumption in a grocery store or a corner market can be purchased with SNAP, Mm -hmm. um, with few exceptions like prepared foods. Um, But it's unfortunate that some people, like any American, choose products that are actually associated with chronic disease. So these SNAP funds, and disproportionately, I would argue, for people who do use SNAP, um, are being used and actually causing worse health outcomes. And it's a population that may not even have access to good health care. So when these chronic diseases develop, that's very different, the outcome for someone without insurance versus someone with insurance, without someone who even has access to get to a facility that can take care of an illness versus someone who does. So we often see people with chronic diseases at, at, at a pretty bad point. So let's take diabetes. Right. You don't even know you have diabetes until your foot needs to come off. And that's a very mm-hmm. different scenario from someone who has access to good health care and finds out they have pre-diabetes and then or maybe they have high blood sugar but you know that there's management available to them and that and that's where a lot of this discrepancy comes from and what are we funding what is our government and our tax dollars what are they funding we're funding possibly severe illnesses um 
with with great consequences. And it is a lot of people that are on this program. I think it was quoted somewhere around 40 million people are receiving assistance. That's that's quite a few people. Yeah, and, and it's about, about half of those um, people are uh, children or households with children. Right. So um, to try and punish people who you snap um, or get angry at people who you snap is to really take out a disproportionate amount of anger on kids. Here's uh, the funny thing. Obviously, socioeconomics plays a great role in this, but one of the the studies that was conducted here, this was uh, published in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine, is that it would actually save, it would cut down on the SNAP program costs if there was more of a focus on healthy food. Yeah, we we wrote that study here, um, Dr. Barnard, um, and I wrote a study that where we didn't even know if we looked at all these healthful, what we call healthy staples, grains, vegetables, beans, fruits, just basic food that is available um, in most stores, doesn't have to be fresh, could be canned, uh, could be dried, could be frozen. But if we put together a diet you, using just those foods, we found out the goal was to see, well, let's try to make it be about a 2,000-calorie diet. And then we priced it out, and we were shocked. Like, wow, this diet cost, on average, and we priced it with USDA price points, but we also priced it um, with foot soldiers who went into grocery stores across the country. Mm-hmm. And the average was about $121 a month. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, a month. And that is significantly less than the average that a SNAP user uses. But we were looking at a full day's worth of calories, too. This is a supplemental program. It's not even meant to provide a full day's worth of calories. So we were pl- quite pleased on two points. A, it could provide a lot of calories. B, it was less expensive than um, what the average person uses when they use SNAP funds. Mm-hmm. And if I can, I can throw in the um, other benefit, which was the nutrient profile of a our program was we used something called the Alternative Healthy Eating Index, which is an index developed by Harvard School of Public Health. And it showed that our diet had a nutrient profile that was um, that set the stage for reduced chronic disease um, among the people who ate that way, which sure. is which is huge, because if you look at just the average American diet, it's alternative healthy eating index score is quite low. Right. So we were looking at a really nutrient-dense, inexpensive, um, available meal plan. And did you guys actually go through and do a full menu, breakfast, lunch, dinner? Is that how you kind of calculated the costs here, or was this just a, a rolling average, as it were? Well, what we did was we followed something. I don't want to get into the weeds with all this government um, jargon, but we use something called the USDA Thrifty Meal Plan, which doesn't really do it by meals, as it might imply, but rather it does it by food groups. Okay. So you need X amount, X, X pounds per week of fruit, right. X pounds per week of vegetable, X pounds per week of um, uh, grains. So we did that. And it would be up to the participant to figure out, well, when are you going to eat the oats and the pasta and the fruit? Because you were talking about the Alternative Healthy Eating Index there just a minute ago, I wanted to ask you to kind of compare the score of somebody who's disadvantaged receiving that assistance versus somebody that's a little bit more affluent. I would Mm -hmm. assume there's 
a substantial difference there. Yeah, unfortunately, there is a difference. So if you're using your, uh, if you're economically disadvantaged and you're using SNAP, you're going to have a lower score than someone who's a little more affluent. Um, The average, I guess, American, you could say. Unfortunately, both of those scores are pretty bad. Mm. But again, when we did our nutrient profile for the healthy staples, it knocked it out of the park. Like the, the, A-H-E-I, as it's called, scale, was off the charts for disease prevention. So we think that's, um, you know, we can't monitor or we're not suggesting that anyone monitor the entire diet of someone who might participate in a program like Healthy Staples because they could add anything in they wanted to. Sure. But the fact that the program that is funded by the government can provide such protection against chronic disease, we think that's really important. And what someone chooses to do outside of that, that's their business. Now, I wanted to compare SNAP to WIC, which is another assistance program, mm-hmm. and but WIC has a much different set of rules. It WIC is run by the same government agency, but it has very strict criteria about what um, is provided to mothers and their babies. Um, I mean, it's so regimented that it really um, calls into question the what is typically the USDA's response to putting more restrictions on SNAP, right. uh, which is, oh, it's too complicated. No one will understand it. It's patronizing. Um, the, the, if they get to the register, the cashier won't know what to do if SNAP has more restrictions. But the WIC program is nothing but restrictions mm-hmm. because it is so heavily focused on um, the nutrition of and the health right. and the outcomes of the mother and the baby. And I would argue that is not patronizing. And no one who runs WIC or is in WIC considers it patronizing that sure. there are so many restrictions. I would assume that they consider it to uh, to be considerate. Right. Um, and I also think that when I mean, we know from research studies that people who use the WIC program have better health, health outcomes than people who don't. It's the polar opposite of the SNAP program. Same overseers, completely different arguments. This is too patronizing. Uh, this has multiple multiple restrictions on it. Well, this one uh, is too hard, but this one has all sorts of criteria that a grocery store would have to understand. But WIC works. Right. SNAP is not working. Uh, and, and for those that aren't familiar, WIC stands for Women, Infants, and Children. So it's focused on women, infants, and children, exactly. you know, young yeah. mothers. Um, give me an idea of some of the foods that you cannot purchase with WIC. Um, I, mm-hmm. I have a list in front of me, but mm-hmm. I, I'd be curious to pick your brain as well. Oh, I'll tell you the, what I think is um, the most telling, meat. Really? You cannot purchase meat on the WIC program, with one exception, which is um, cans of tuna, I believe, for breastfeeding mothers. So one category is allowed, a can of tuna. But otherwise, there's no meat allowed in WIC. And that's because, um, and they recognize this, meat is very expensive, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really add a lot of value. So you um, are going to be buying, but however, you can get tofu, you can get beans, you can get soy milk. Um, It's a good diverse 
amount of foods that you can purchase, but they are all they all take into consideration nutrition. That's very interesting that it has well, yes, partly to do with nutrition, but you said like economics here is oh, the biggest part. That's but again, if that's clamping down. I mean, it seems to me, not to be biased, that, again, that would make sense for the SNAP program. Do you have any idea what, in terms of monetary value is, the SNAP assistance is versus WIC? Is it comparable? Do you have any idea? Oh, if you're if you're talking about um, how expensive each is, SNAP is far more expensive. Right. However, um, not, you know, well, I'll just take off my PC hat, the people (laughs) making money off of SNAP are um, industry, Mm -hmm. grocers, um, and industry who funds uh, Congress oftentimes. So there's a lot of reason why, financial reason, why this is so hard to change because the people with the most money don't want it to change. If you think people who make sodas and cookies and crackers and cheese wheels and um, beef jerky want to see SNAP have a focus on nutrition, um, you're crazy. Like, they know where their money is. Sure. And they make sure Congress knows. Um, and that's that's what we're dealing with is a, a, you know, to put it into two categories, if I could. On the right, you've got industry interest. Um, and on the left, uh, I'm talking about congressional aisles here on the left you have people who are so scared of doing anything with snap because it might actually um take away from snap recipients which that's not what we want but they don't want to do anything it's like if you crack the window um the whole thing is going to blow up so you've got you know, you've got a, a huge financial burden that nobody it needs a lot of fixing and nobody wants to touch it for whatever their reason may be but again I always, you know, go back to to WIC participants. Who has less time than a mom? <laughs> right. And she's um, not necessarily being uh, preached to, but she's certainly receiving packages of food, as, as they are called, uh, that are, I hope, setting habits for her and her family to at least know that they should be eating better. Right. That there are foods that are better. Right. Um. And that's uh, so valuable. And SNAP participants, participants are not getting that message at all. Right. And that's just, um, unfortunately, at the gain of a lot of people with a lot of money. Well, back to uh, the, the company line here. I, I am hopeful that in the future we will begin to see some changes here um, because even the American Medical Association has now asked the USDA to incentivize healthier foods and discourage unhealthier options. That, yeah. That's a, that's a powerhouse there leaning on the USDA. Right. That's like a, that's like a I don't want to say one-two punch, but maybe a one-two hug. Right. <laughs> where there's there's good research showing that both of those together, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of restriction, a little bit of uh, incentivizing, actually makes for a better um, better outcomes for the participant. So I I completely agree, and and I and I also agree that things are going to change because, yeah. like Moby, and people are kind of quietly poking their head out of their holes and saying, yeah, that sounds right. Like maybe we should talk about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who use SNAP, if they're if they're disproportionately affected by diseases, even when compared to people at the same income level who don't use SNAP, like if you're doing worse by using a government assistance program um, than someone at the same economic level who isn't using that program, something's wrong with the program. 
So, well, I, I appreciate your time. We could talk about this for a lot longer, but uh, I know that your time is limited. So, thank you here for the clarification. Thanks for helping explain all this to us, and uh, I'm sure we will have you back on the program very soon. Thank you. $40.64. That's all Lee and I spent for a week's worth of groceries for two people. Think about that. When you go out to dinner, I bet you can spend more than that so easily. But for a week, less than $41. Think about all the money you can save. Think about what you can do with that money. Now think about passing this program along to somebody who you think could also use a little bit of help saving some coin. Heck, we all could. So implement some of these tips the next time you're at the grocery store, and you'll be amazed at just how much you can save. Be sure to subscribe to The Exam Room on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And again, encourage your friends to do the same. Here's Dr. Barnard to wrap things up. Thank you, Chuck. You know, I really think that the reason people have had this myth about plant-based diets being expensive is that if you're buying meat substitutes or dairy substitutes or or highly labor-intensive foods, your hand-rolled sushi, something like that, these things can be be pricier. But on the other hand, if you look at the vast majority of plant-based foods, They're the cheapest thing in the store. You buy a a pack of dried beans, a sack of sweet potatoes, some rice. These things cost pennies. Uh, Those little blocks of frozen vegetables they have over in the freezer case, these these really are cheap. And you're not buying steak. You're not buying cheese anymore. You're going to save money. There was a study years ago at the George Washington University where a family of four who was just going vegetarian would save about $1,500 a year. And if you go vegan, you save even more. So... Plant-based eating, simple, cheap, healthy. Thanks very much.